My guest today, uh, without further ado, is a master instructor at Pilates and correct me if anything's wrong with this. Sure. She's been a swimmer at national level and she's also an artist, uh, graduated from Elam College. Yep. Played underwater hockey. Uh, has also snowboarded, uh, run a couple of marathons and has even done a triathlon. Three or four years ago she discovers Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is now the Pan Pacific New Zealand and world champion at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for her current weight, is that correct? Yes, yep. I also won open weight as well. Yeah, and she only started Get Ready to Eat Humble Pie, everybody, just a mere sort of three to four years ago, but we'll talk about that. She's a purple belt at Sorito BJJ Mount Eden, so a big shout out to that dojo there. And I've had three or four people actually say to me, it's the first time ever, you need to get hold of this lady, she's going to be amazing for the cappuccino. And one of my workmates even went, this woman is a phenom, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll get hold of her. Uh, so I sent her a message, and I think she sort of went, ah, uh, yeah, okay, that's all good. So my great pleasure to and privilege to introduce Rebecca Ammon to the cappuccino. Welcome, ma'am. Oh, thank you, Brian. All right. Um, normally what we do is we do a pop quiz hot shot round, which is dedicated to the world's best police movie of all time, which is Speed by Keanu Reeves. And if you don't think it is, please don't tell me otherwise. Right, so, I love Keanu Reeves, All right, though. bless. Yeah, I know he does jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and it's John Wick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only a white belt. I think he got his blue. Oh, you've upset me now. I think so. Okay, that's all right. Okay, so if you were a superhero, who would you be? Oh, I have to go Catwoman. Right, yeah, right. it's, it's the outfit, though. Yep, okay. It's definitely the outfit. Right, not the powers. Okay, that's all yeah. right. What was the last book you read for pleasure? Um, Trevor Noah's book. Cool, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his autobiography. Yeah. It, was, it was really good. Highly recommend it. Okay. What's a talent that you have which doesn't get used by your current role? Oh, can you juggle? Do you play the ukulele? I'm not very talented. I actually just work hard. Um, hmm. I'll come back to you on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. nah. <laughs> Best martial arts action movie of all time. I think I know the answer yeah, to this. Yeah, John Wick, definitely. Yep. Good work. Although I know that you're a big Trinity fan as well because I've seen that posted all through your social yes, media. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what was your last failure? My last failure in terms of sport Just was... failure in general. Um, yeah, I would probably say it was a sporting failure in terms of um, at World Champs making a mistake where I didn't listen to my coach and it cost me the final of the open weight. Um, I now get to look at the silver medal every day in the gym. Mm. Um, so it's re it's a motivating failure. Yep. And I bet your coach doesn't mention it at all. Oh, no, never. Uh, but never. he knows. He just knows. All the time. He's watching it. <laughs> um, your favourite quote of all time? Um, favourite quote of all time would have to be, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Boom. All right. Now that you've... So, oh, let's go back to it. What did I say? What's the talent that you have that doesn't get used for your current role? Probably my painting skills. I'm not using that as much yeah. as I would like. Um, I tend to use it as my downtime at the moment. Um, whereas before I started jiu-jitsu, I was preparing myself to go back and study my master's degree. Awesome. Um, so that's on the back foot yep. for now because I want to do the physical stuff while I can. I hear you. 
as a 47-year-old male here. Anyway, <laughs> my painting's rubbish anyway. Um, what do you paint? Um, at the moment, it's mostly abstract. Yep. Um, I have done landscapes and portraits in the past, yep. and I've also incorporated all three in my last awesome. exhibition to be some very strange paintings. Hey, look, it takes all sorts. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like when people, when you hear other people say, world champion? It feels a bit surreal. Yeah. Um, and I also don't take it on too much because I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And in my head, I'm I'm working towards the next world championship. Yeah. 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 You know, I will acknowledge that it's a huge achievement, yep. and I allow myself pride in it. Yeah. But I don't allow. Um, I don't want to rest on that yep. at all. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. And I completely understand you. It's that mission accomplished, and now I'm moving on. Yep. yep. What does an average day look like for you from eyes open to eyes shut? Okay, an average day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. An average day, yeah, because I know there's an awful amount of training, and I don't think people realize how much. Yeah, so the average day, I start teaching Pilates at 6 a.m. Yep. And I do a few hours of Pilates, manage to squeeze in some breakfast there somewhere. Um, until midday training. Yep. So I either do strength and conditioning training or I do jiu-jitsu training yep. for a couple of hours in the middle of the day. Then I come back and do another couple of hours of Pilates teaching. And then I go back to the gym and I do up to four hours of jiu-jitsu training. Yep. Um, I then come home... I have my meals made for me, which yep. is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assure you, I couldn't do this without <laughs> yeah, yeah. having my food sent yeah. to me pre-made. Yeah. Um, quickly get ready for bed, and then I do 45 minutes of yoga before going to bed. Yep. That's a typical day. Beautiful. Good week. I'm glad to see you taking it easy. Um, <laughs> now, Pilates, for people that don't understand Pilates, and I've got to be honest, Yeah. I said, he said, who are you interviewing? I told him, he's like, oh, Pilates. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's like the Roman like medieval racks where they sort of almost torture you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm that's like, it. That's yeah, it. kind of, <laughs> but not quite. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll ask Rebecca to explain Pilates to the Canis lupus amongst us that uh, knuckle draggers from way back and go, mm -hmm. hang on, I'll just stretch one calf and then the other, and yeah, I'm good to go on the football field. How would you describe Pilates? So Pilates was designed by a guy 100 years ago, and he drew from um, traditional sort of gym, in the gym work, weights, um physiotherapy as we'd understand it these days um, yoga some of the martial arts warm-ups and dancing and he took what he saw as the most valuable parts of each to counteract um, the problems that we have in modern society in terms of how our bodies are affected and posture even a hundred years ago he saw the problem with desks and chairs and radio and you know what he would think of the internet yeah. is something else yeah so Pilates is very much trying to fix the habits that you've created with a bad lifestyle. And the guy that invented Pilates, Joseph Pilates, and I only know this because I follow Rebecca on Instagram and every now and then she pops up with a little bit of Pilates. Mm -hmm. What was it? Know your history. Mm -hmm. She's right. A uh, very interesting character. Uh, like you said, he studied movement. He died in an apartment fire, is that correct? Yeah, at 87. And smoked 15 cigars a day. 15 cigars a day. Yeah, it's that yin-yang thing. Yeah. That's all good. That's all But right. he could still do all of the advanced movements. Yeah, I bet. Yep. So, hey, look, full credit to him. Um, are you a yoga instructor as well? I've had a question to come, that came in through uh, PM on uh, Instagram. Is she a yoga instructor as well? No, I'm a yoga student. Oh, right. Yeah, but I'm you're a student of everything, aren't you? A student yeah, of yeah, life, bless. definitely. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. So, 
Have you done any martial art or self-defense before you took up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I did do kickboxing at Shuriken, mm -hmm. which is how I got into the Jiu-Jitsu because they have the Jiu-Jitsu classes um, in the same gym on the North Shore. Right. And I loved it. It was great fitness. Um, I really enjoyed the learning side of it. Um, I never had a fight. Yep. It wasn't it wasn't something that interested me too much. Yep. It was more the community that brought me in, um, and you know it was so good for my body and mind. Um, I don't know if I had so much of a natural talent for it, but as soon as I started with the jiu-jitsu, it it really um, clicked. Yeah. Yeah. So the story goes, you're doing a kickboxing class, somebody mentions BJJ, and you roll your eyes upwards. True? Close. Yep. Close. No, it was, I made friends with one of the guys, the Brazilian guys who came over and was teaching, and he kept telling me, you have to try jiu-jitsu, it's going to change your life. Yeah, as they always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just thinking, okay, this guy's a bit, bit, bit too keen on, on jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Anyway, here I am three years later, and it has totally changed my life. Yep. So yep. he was right. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Where did you first see Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Because I'm about to go old school on you, and then when I tell you, you'll go, no way, there's no way there's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in there, but there is. So where did you first see it? Where I first see it was in the kickboxing gym, so mm. watching, it, watching it after. Okay, right. Me, true story. End of the very first Lethal Weapon movie, Mel Gibson uses a triangle choke. Amazing. Boom, there you go. I'm going to have to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, talk by the Gracies. Uh, can you remember your first Brazilian Jiu Jitsu class and yes. what was going through your head when you walked through that door? Because as a martial arts instructor, different martial arts obviously, but uh, I think everybody forgets that even the head prof or the head coach or the head sensei, well, whoever, was once upon a time beginner and they know that feeling when you walk through the door and it feels like the dojo's closing in on you and everybody's looking at you but what was it like for you um it was quite intimidating my first class at Sahiso was I didn't know anyone um the guy who I'd made friends with had gone back to Brazil um <laughs> and he said yep go and train with these guys I'll catch you in a few months yep. and when I showed up, you know, not knowing anyone, it's always scary going into a situation where you don't know anyone and yep. everyone knows each other so well and they're, they're, of course, very tight, which the martial arts community are. Yep. Um, and I went and introduced myself to the instructor and I'm sure they thought, okay, here's this blonde Pilates bunny bouncing along, too happy to be here. She's not going to last. Yep. Um, but by then I was already hooked. Um and I got absolutely smashed from Please. day one. Smashed. You know, there was the guys who I was training with didn't hold back the other white and the blue belt. So I was so lucky to have that experience. Yep. And would you have it any other way now? No. No. And by smashed, for those who don't do jiu-jitsu, uh, Rebecca doesn't mean that she couldn't walk because she was having her legs kicked out from her or anything else like that. But in jiu-jitsu, when you roll... It basically means you train with somebody else and uh, you get the, well, you tap out eventually when that other person gets you. And I know what you're saying because... You get manhandled. Yeah, you do, literally. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like Joe Rogan says, it's like the worst experience on earth. You walk off and go, I think I've learned something, but I'm not too sure what. <laughs> Especially for the first six months, I'm telling you, from experience. You have no idea how much you can be controlled by someone yeah. until you do your first class. Yeah. What was it like being a woman training with a whole bunch of guys? And as you often say on Instagram, uh, and Carlos Gracie says it all the time, 
to be a lion, you have to train with lions. Is it, um, what's it like, not now so much, but when you first started off and you were, you know, like you were saying, you're getting manhandled and that whole, when you first start off jiu-jitsu, and I'm speaking from personal experience, you can tell me if yours is different, it really feels like, am I sinking or am I swimming? Hang on, I'm swimming. Oh no, I'm sinking now. And it's, it's just a constant thing. I've heard somebody describe it as trying to wrestle an octopus while trying to do a Rubik's Cube, covered in Vaseline at the same time. That's a beautiful description. Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah. how you find it? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I've only started to realise recently how lucky I was to come into a gym um, that treated me equally with the men, and by that means they expect the same level. Yep. There's no excuses for not being at the same level of fitness or strength or ability. Yep. So... It means that you get to step up to that level and perform at that level. Yeah. Um, which also means it's just as difficult. Yeah. And I've <laughs> got to say, as a self-defense, a martial arts instructor and a police officer, I, it's kind of a little bit of a pet peeve of mine of um, people who do martial arts but only stick with inside their own group, if you know what I mean. And they don't even train with their own group. Great to start off with because, you know, there is strength in numbers. But as you get a little bit further onwards, if you've never trained... Uh, with a six foot four, I don't know, eighteen and a half stone gorilla, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna happen for you by magic. Mm-hmm. It's not Harry Potter. <laughs> Fair comment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when did you mentally switch from I'm surviving Brazilian jiu-jitsu like everybody does, and I'm still doing it now, to actually, you know what, I want to compete in this. Or I think I could give this a shot. I think I've been training for three weeks. <laughs> I've been training for three weeks, and I wanted to compete. But for me, I felt very comfortable in the fact that I like competitive sport. Yep. This isn't my first competitive sport. No. I've done competitions before. I know that I like the nerves. I like the pressure. I like training up for an event. I like the structure that it gives my life to have a goal to work towards. So in terms of the event, I wasn't nervous. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of playing the game. Yep. Um, so I knew I wanted to compete. Um, I just had a lot of learning to do to fill in the background. Yeah. Uh, it is always the way. Uh, now, I'm just going to ask you a question here. What advice do you have for somebody who's starting Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and getting tapped out all the time? You know how that's just that constant. You almost feel like you not a punching bag because you're not somebody's punching bag in you're Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, you kind of just feel like maybe a dummy heavy bag that gets thrown on the floor and rolled on top of and just taps out every now and then what's the what's the advice you'd give those people who who have maybe only done jiu-jitsu three months and are thinking actually you know what I don't know if I'm ever going to get any better at this I think the the main thing you have to have is perseverance and a trust in time yeah um I think if you're training regularly and I personally think it needs to be every day yep. if you're if you're serious about it. Um, the perseverance of trusting in the mat time and it will come yep. because nothing will make up for that mat time. We can do Pilates to help on your weak points and you can do studies of your game to work on your strategy. But at the end of the day, nothing makes up for being tapped out 50 times in the same armbar before you realize if I tuck my elbow in this way, I won't get armbarred. Nothing makes up for that yep. because it has to be an instinct rather than being told. Yep. 
So I'm going to ask you now, as somebody who's been doing jiu-jitsu for seven months, I think, that feels like longer, um, <laughs> what's the one technique I should have in my arsenal so that when I pull it out at the gym, I can go, you know what, a world champ taught me that, or she told me about it anyway. What's the one one technique you'd say, you know what, Constable Brian, I think maybe this, this is the go. Oh, the one technique. Um... I just remember my legs like short. All right, before you get too complicated. I discovered spider guard the other day. I thought that was quite interesting. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And how's that on your flexibility? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all right. That's right. Uh, the, if, the one technique, in terms of the white belts yeah, yeah. that irritate me, yeah. which is what you want to be. You want to be an irritating white belt yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's when people are going to want to train with you. Yeah. An explosive shrimp. Nice. Okay, yeah, all good. Yep, I'm with you. Because you're going to be pinned down, you're going to be mounted, you're going to be put inside control. Yep. If you have an explosive shrimp, whoever's training with you is going to have to recompose again and again and again. Nice. And the better you are as a training partner, the more people are going to want to roll with you. Nice. I love the way you did the time with the short legs and the shrimp as well. Uh, <laughs> on purpose, of course. All right, so Spider guard's great, though. Yeah, mine goes as far as people's wrists, and then it kind of stops. Anyway, um, so you've obviously got a really close family group, and uh, one of your quotes was, no matter how old you get, taking home your award to show your dad is the best feeling. Yeah. Why did your dad say when you started, when you actually turned around and said, you know what, BJJ's for Bex, I think, and, you know, and because I've seen, like, you've done some interviews in the past, and, you know, and as we all do, you start off, you get Matt Rash, and uh, I think you did an interview with News Hub, and there was a comment about the blue hue around your nose, yeah. uh, you know, and you get black eyes and everything. That's just part of it, right? What What did your dad say when you sort of said, "Hey, Dad, I'm, I think I'm going to do this"? Because um, it's not triathlons and it's not swimming, is it? I Let's think he fair. was he was pleased that I'd found a sport that I could dive into. They know that I don't do anything by halves, yep. and. When I say that I was going to do something competitively, they knew that I'm serious. Yeah. So what he's told me growing up again and again and again is do whatever you want. Do yep. whatever you want in life, but whatever you do, do it to your best ability. Yeah. Be the best that you can be at it. Yeah. You know, yep. so as long as I put the work in, they're happy. That's awesome. That's good. Um, what do people think when you turn up with black eyes to places? Because my mum used to play soccer and she always, like, my dad used to say, like, when she had a big black eye, he's like... I'm not going to walk down the street with you because people are going to pass comment on that. Yep. So. Yeah. It's, well, I don't notice it. No, of course you don't because you can't because see it. Because that's the thing. Yep. You know, after the after the swelling goes down, you don't notice. Yeah. Um, it's when you go to the supermarket, people are looking at you strangely mm -hmm. and you're checking if you've got something in yep. your teeth and yep. that sort of thing. But nobody asks. No. They just look at you a bit yep. strangely. Yep. And I've become very good at artful makeup. So, nice, good work. Yeah. If needed, it can be done. Nice, okay. I'll ask you to do some work on my face after okay. we finish. Um, you do lots of kids' class, big boss for that as well. Um, and you have said that seeing talent and potential in the next generation is the most rewarding gift of teaching. And for me, nothing shows, me personally, shows a champion spirit than a champion that interacts with kids because I think lots of people, they forget the little ones and the little ones are actually the future of whatever sport you're doing. Yeah. Right. What's your reason for doing kids' classes? I'm not doing any regular ones at the moment, but no, I try but to help yeah, out whenever yeah. I can. And I just love teaching. Yeah. In every field that I've got into, I enjoy teaching. I think 
I learn from passing on knowledge yep. and I get an intrinsic reward from teaching and seeing them learn. And there is nothing cooler than teaching a kid how to choke another kid and watching them go and do it. Yeah. It's just, you know, and how excited they get when they get an armbar. Yep. Yeah, it's, exactly. You know, and the, watching them go to competitions and they're in tears because they're so nervous and yep. then they're so happy afterwards. It's, um, I think for me as well, the fact that I enjoy teaching gives me confidence that I'll stay in the martial art for a long period of time because it's not just about competing for me and it's not just about me. No. It's about the community. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And at some stage we are going to have a roll together. Uh, <laughs> perhaps when you're black belt mum, like maybe a three-stroke white. Um, okay, right. So, and I've got that explosive shrimp thing going on. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Um, so, balance, posture and control. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Pilates, they're mixed in, okay? And you've said that they've both got some overlap, overlapping principles, except one has an opponent trying to sabotage your efforts. How do you describe Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to somebody who has never, ever seen it before? My mum came into the dojo, for instance, and she watched the kids' class. She went there, there's a lot of rolling on the floor, and they sort of stand up, and they don't really seem to do anything. And it's quite difficult to explain something like or an armbar or a heel hook or something else like that mm -hmm. to somebody if you don't know the game. So how would you describe Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu if I came up to you and went, hey, you're apparently quite good at this. Should I come and do this? Why should I come and do it? Um, in terms of describing what you're seeing with the two people on the floor, yep. I would describe it as imagine yourself going into a square space. Yep. And there is one other person in the space and that person has five minutes to try and choke you unconscious or break your arms. Yep. All you can do is try to do the same back. Yep. Off you go. Yep. So that gives somebody a visual and yep. that's what they're seeing is the yep. tussle. In terms of the martial art, I would describe it as um, it's a martial art that's based on the ground. Um, that is based on strategy and control and self-defense um, in terms of making yourself safe first before you're attacking, if yep. you need to attack at all. Yeah, that'll be fair. Okay, all right. So you say that cardio training's the big difference between surviving and enjoying jiu-jitsu. Yes. All right. I, like, I actually quite like that. I was like, yeah, that's quite cool. Yeah. That explains why my PJJ game's not that good. Anyway, um, yeah, so... <laughs> I know that you have told us what your day looks like. How many cardio sessions in a week do you think you would do? And I'm going to, let's say we're going to count the jiu-jitsu training because let's be honest, there's nothing like being on the mat and training on the mat to actually get better on the mat, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, you can't. Uh, so if you count the rolling sessions as cardio as well, mm -hmm. um, I would probably do 10 to 11 cardio sessions a week. All right. So what is Minimum. a day off? For Rebecca look like a day can you off. do it can you do it or not can like if In I said to you tomorrow Rebecca you've got to do nothing no uh, thing would you I be like Hawaii? a cage well you can be wherever you want but would you, <laughs> would you be like a cage tiger or would you be no. like actually you know what I can just be a sunflower today it's all good no I think nobody can be as lazy as an athlete yeah in terms of when you're off you're, you're off, off and you're horizontal the problem with that is that you actually get huge benefit from active recovery. Yep. So as long as you're getting enough sleep um, and you're eating really well, then making sure that on your recovery day you're going for a light swim, you're getting a massage, doing uh, we do yin yoga, which is restorative yoga. Yep. Um, 
you're not putting more stress in the body, you're giving back. Yeah. And I think a massive problem that people have in modern life, and I see this with a lot of my students as well, is that they have a select amount of time during the week to do exercise. And so they slot into that time the high intensity work mm-hmm. because they don't want to be fat yeah. or you know they want to look good in their jeans or that's what makes them feel good. But the problem with high intensity exercise, whether it's your sport or whether you're going running, whatever the hard impact on your body is, if you're not doing um, yoga or Pilates or swimming or some gentle give back to the body, then you're only putting more stress on. Yeah. You know, you need to have a balance. Yeah. And unfortunately, that just takes time. Yeah, exactly. And you, it's kind of a trial and error thing. You've got to figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes I have to say, you've actually got to fall over before you actually yep. stand up again. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, when you compete, what does your day look like? For instance, at the Worlds, have you got a set routine? Have you got a pump-up song that you like? <laughs> a pump-up song. Have you got a favourite meal? Do you have a favourite rash guard? You know, uh, I know that you clearly get them because I've seen the pictures on Instagram. Um, does your coach or your prof give you a pep talk before you get out there? Or are you like most champion athletes I've spoken to where everything is mapped out meticulously? Like talking to um, my good old buddy from Margaret, Valerie. Um, Valerie talks about she's got her headphones on, she puts her sunglasses on, and she said it's not so much... Uh, motivation she said it's more like I'm in the zone and I need to stay in the zone and as much as I'd love to say hi to you or something else like that I just I've got to focus here because this is what I do Um, so what do you do to get yourself into that rhythm because let's be honest it's not a matter of um, hey Rebecca I'll pick you up at seven and the worlds will start at five past and boom you're on is it yeah no so I have a routine definitely I have a routine Um, I have a preferred meal but because we have to make weight in our sport, I don't always get it. Yeah. What's your preferred um, meal? I know that you're a fan of lint chocolates. I, that's post. Yeah, I saw that. that. Is strictly I saw, yeah, yeah. I know, post yeah. event. Are you listening, coach? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I saw that. Yep. Um, my preferred meal pre-competition is oats. Um, if I can't get them the way that I want, which is more of a porridge or a butcher muesli, I will have some sort of oat bar um, well before the event. Um, I have usually half a coffee. I'm usually nervous enough that I don't need too much more stimulant. Yep. Um, and I always have the same warm-up. I do the same warm-up. Sometimes I've done four divisions in one day and I do the same warm-up before every division. Partially because I know that's what's good for my body. It gets um, me warm and in the right headspace. Um, but also because that's what I've always done before competition. Yep. And if, if we're doing comp training at the gym, I'll often do a few of the same set. So I believe in training the way you intend to compete. Yep. And that's what I've done in sports beforehand. And I find it works really well for this in terms of getting your head in the right space and getting your head into the idea that this is the job that needs to be done. Notice how you completely avoid that pump up song question there. I don't have a pump Do, up not, song. Not a music person? I, I have some music. Um, like I know that some people um, talking to guys I've spoken to in the UFC for instance some of them will listen to classical music uh, Hoist Gracie um, very often was just asleep and his brothers would wake him up and say mm-hmm. hey come on it's good to go Yeah. what are you listening to if you've got your cans on usually just a, a podcast mix Sweet. or um, you know a Spotify mix it's not if I've got my headphones on, it's more to be by myself yep. than it is to listen to anything. 
um, because of course it's a small community so people yeah. haven't seen you for yeah. ages they want to come and have a chat yeah. you know maybe they've already competed and they're done and they're in a great mood yeah. so I've still got a job to do yeah. so you know it's a game faces on mm -hmm. yeah. have you got any superstitions that you do at comps that you can tell us about and if not if you can't tell us it's all good but superstitions. I know all blacks have got like lucky undies and other people who you know they've got to have piece of red material wrapped around somewhere on their arm or their wrist or yeah, that type of I've, stuff. I've been I've been lucky so far. I'm not I'm not writing off that I can't develop them because Beautiful. when I was a swimmer it used to be that you wouldn't wash your hair the day before. Right. Which is completely unrelated to what you're doing. But yeah. no, so far I've I've been lucky to not develop no, any. That's cool, good. All right. If that washing hair thing works for me, then I'm not going to do it. I should be a world champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu by tomorrow. Uh, anyway, um, after comp comps, do you blow out for a couple of days or are you back to the grind? And before you answer it, I know that you've posted up on Instagram, uh, like your Storm Kimonos, big shout out to Storm's Kimonos, who's one of um, Rebecca's sponsors. Uh, your bag, your Storm Kimonos bag and your gear gi. And then sort of lurking in the background there is your lint the chocolate. Chocolates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's all good, like you said. It's after it's all done and sorted. Do you blow out for a couple of days or do you just have your treat and then go around back to the grind tomorrow? It really depends on what the competition is, what's coming up next. Yep. Um, so when you won the Worlds, what did you do? Well, Worlds was two days. Yeah. So we had the ghee the first day and then the no gear the second day so there's not you can't blow out yeah. can't blow out day one so yeah. that's really hard yeah. you know because you've won some medals yeah. and you can't go and have your cheeseburger which is my go-to yeah. is the cheeseburger um and second day we did go and get the cheeseburger um with a few of the boys from the new zealand team and that was great that's usually my go-to yeah. is um if i spend more than 15 dollars on my meal after a competition I'm usually upset nice you okay. know, cheap and dirty alright hey, that's <laughs> all good nice it's it's your body you mm -hmm. do whatever you want with it especially after you've won but that's usually it yeah that's and then it. I'm back on the grind yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. So, and like you said uh, the last comp you did you won in four weight divisions and I don't think people outside of Jiu Jitsu realise what a big thing that is so uh, it was my weight division for gi and no gi yep. and open weight for gi and no, no gi, gi. Yep. so what you have to that was over a period of how many days? One day. Yeah, so that, that was that was the biggest day I've had, I think. How many fights did you have on that day? Eight. Yeah. So, what you got to do, folks, here is imagine Muhammad Ali. He probably would have been stupid enough to try it anyway. But <laughs> not that I'm saying you're stupid, Rebecca. But um, Muhammad Ali having eight championship fights in the same day—that's pretty much what this lady pulled off. So, maximum respect. Your travel schedule was pretty epic. It's my. Becca, are you free for a podcast this week? No, not this week. Goes to proof. In the last month, where have you travelled to? Um, in the last month, I've travelled to LA um, and Sydney, and the last competition was in Auckland. Yeah. Um, and we go back to LA in just under a month. Sweet. Yeah, all good. All right. So, being a woman in combat sport, you, and I know because I know a few women in combat sports, you get comments from both ends of the spectrum you get everything from wow she's hot she should be a model right down to the you know um oh yeah but she's not very feminine i bet you they like throw pieces of raw meat at her at the dojo or that type of stuff you know um or you know she's one of i want to be man um do you get trolled on social media sometimes or not 
It's interesting you say that. I've had a really positive um, interaction with social media on um, on Instagram, and particularly since I've started working with Storm, Storm Commodus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think being associated with such a, um, a high-level brand with a high level of integrity, I've had the, the interactions have been very positive. Um, yeah. It's like a credibility that people... Um, you know they respect yep. to a certain level yeah, yeah. and I think because people respect the fact that I'm working hard um, I might not be to everyone's taste and you can't please everyone no, exactly, yep. but because I'm doing what I'm doing you don't have to follow me I'm not shoving what I'm doing down no. anyone's throat um, I tend to be left alone yep. which is you know, I, I do get um, questions about Pilates and I get a lot of questions about jiu-jitsu and I get a lot of new people asking me questions and I really encourage that. I think um, I had some help from people early on that maybe they may not have access to themselves at their own gym. So, yep. you know, if people want to ask questions, I, I try to take the time yep. um, when I can. It's difficult as well, yeah, because you're training and everything else. So if you want to join, um, I'm going to call it the Rebecca Innan social media invasion. There's about, <laughs> at last count, I think there's 20,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, I will tell you how at the end of the podcast, but definitely you should do. Um, but hands off Rebecca's photographer. I've actually asked her who it is. She's told me I'm going to be looking as good as Rebecca does on Instagram shortly. That's all I'm saying. Um, living the dream. This is what Rebecca said, by the way, not me. Living the dream means getting my ass out of the door. And towards my goals every day. What are your goals for 2019, and what gets you there? In the so, cold, in the cold, hard light of day. Yeah, coming up to winter, it's yeah. getting colder. Yeah. Um. So my goals for this year, um. I have I have some big tournaments booked in. We've got IBJJF Worlds coming up in just over a month. Sport Jiu Jitsu Worlds again at the end of the year. Um. I'd like to try and get to the Asian Open this year if possible as well when I talk about my goals obviously everyone who signs up wants to win yep exactly that, right that's yep. a given you don't sign up thinking oh I just want to come and participate you don't go all that way yep. and train all that if you're not planning on winning yep you know that's that's every that's a given my goal that I take into my everyday structure is a, more along the lines of my goal is to set the example of how an athlete from my gym, so he said BJJ, should prepare for an event like this. Yeah. Um, I want to train for this the way that I would expect my students to train. Yeah. So my goal is to be the athlete that I, I would respect myself. Yeah, exactly. It's that thing of, uh, if I can't do it myself, I'm not going to ask you to. Mm -hmm. Yep, please. Right, you're going to have to go a couple of years forward here because I'm a little bit older than you are. But when does, I know you'd never think so, when does the competing stop for you in tournaments? Or do you think that you're always going to compete? Do you think, you know what, you're going to be uh, one of those people who at the age of like 55 is still competing? Or do you think by that stage you're going to go, actually, you know what, I'm cool with where I'm at in jiu-jitsu and I'm happy being a teacher or I'm happy taking that 23-year-old uh, guy or girl there and they've just told me they want to be a world champion. Here's my knowledge, but you're going to have to work for it. When, when do you think the, the competitive competing stops for you, if you know what I mean? 
I don't think competitive people ever stop being competitive. No, no, yeah, yeah. But I think there are periods in your life when you can do competitive sport at a serious level and commit to it, and there's times when you can't. And I've had periods in my life where I was saving for a house deposit and then renovating a house, and I didn't have the luxury of competing because I had to work more than I could at the moment. Um, And because of that... I think I appreciate it more now for having had a period of time where I couldn't do it because of logistical limitations. I understand that in the future there are maybe other limitations where you can't compete at the same level. Maybe you get injured. Maybe there's other life responsibilities that get in the way. Um, Obviously, as a woman, if you want to have children, that's it for a year. You're done. Nobody's going to roll with somebody who's pregnant. Let me know if you want some tips on that because I've got a mate called Valerie. She's pretty good at coming back. But there will be times in life when you can compete at a top level and there's times that you can't. The great thing about jiu-jitsu is that they have the master's division um, and I love watching some of the higher level master's divisions um, at these big events overseas like Master 6, you know, the guys in their 60s who are out there having a go at it and they're wily. They know their stuff, which is really cool to see and if you want to do it, it's there. For me, the the opportunity to coach and um, have other people follow in some of the footsteps that I'm starting to put down is that to me would be a huge privilege. Um, so I don't see I don't see the the point at which you stop definitively. Yeah, it's more fluid than that. Yeah, and let's be honest. As I wrote that question, I'm actually thinking, you know what? Even when you're rolling with somebody in jujitsu towards the end of the class, beginning of the class, whenever, you're still competing with that person anyway, so it's, yeah, it's on. Yeah, even uh, when you're just doing push-ups next to someone yeah, you're competing. Exactly. Yep, exactly right. What's Bex Annan's philosophy on everything? So if I said to you, give me your philosophy in less than two or three sentences on life and everything else, what would you say it was? Tough one, eh? Hard work. Nice. Hard work will create meaning in your life. Yep. Good and work. I think... There's very few problems that I've had my students come through with or myself come through with that can't be solved by working hard. And it may not be in the direction that's obvious. You know, it might be that dealing with an issue in your personal life can be dealt by driving into hard work in another area. You know, you can you can mix between the three, but I, I think hard work will create solid meaning in most people's lives yeah i think you're pretty right and if it doesn't it, it surely creates a distraction so you can actually get on with the stuff that counts mm. as well so all good so let's assume because uh, this is i've read that this is the not the end goal but this is one of the goals let's hear us please um an international olympic committee that the brazilian jiu-jitsu gets accepted into the olympics for 2024 i think yep. it is a year okay oh, i'm going to assume no i'm not going to assume assume I'm just going to say you're going to be there because hard work brings reward and I've seen some people work hard but you work bloody hard girl so good on you um you're there and you're at the Olympics and we all know what the goal of being at the Olympics is it's like um Valerie says you're either there to wear a blazer or you're there to compete um yeah and I know what you're there for as well because I can see the glint in your eye like I could with Valerie so if you if that happens or when it happens uh is that it? Is is can you get any higher? Do you think in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? 
I think there's different arms to grappling. Yeah. Um, I think the way that I've been brought up in New Zealand and the way that we view sport, the Olympics is definitely a pinnacle yep. for us. Yep. So for me, that would be a huge honour to represent the country. And, you know, the, the wearing of the blazer in and of itself is a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so representing the country would be a huge thing um in jiu-jitsu you also have a lot of um invitational events that are coming out which are more um they're privatized it's not the same as a big corporation Mm -hmm. um, or a big federation that you can get exciting matches they call them super fights and i think sometimes it's not as big a deal but there are so many other goals in it i don't i don't think you can achieve one thing and sit back and go yeah i'm done now because you've done that but then there's no gi and then there's gi with different rules and so i think there's and there's always new people Mm. there's always new people coming up yep which brings me on to my next question your biggest competition um who was it without giving away too many trade secrets, if you know what I mean. Is there somebody that when you see them in your competition, you sort of go, that's going to be that's going to be a good match? Or do you just take I, every, every I opponent? I treat every single person like that. Yeah. Every single person that I stand across from, um, and I have from the start, I've treated with the respect that I have to go 100%. Yep. Yeah, good call. Nice work. And that was a cappuccino with Rebecca Ammon, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not even going to say Pan Pacific, just champion. She's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion. <laughs> Let's make it easy. Um, if you want to follow Rebecca uh, on Instagram, that's because that's your biggest one, isn't it, yep. really, to be fair? It's Rebecca Annan. That's A-N-N-A-N. And then two J's at the end. What do they stand for, as if I didn't know? Jiu-Jitsu, probably. Uh, right. She's got 20,000 followers, like I said, so you probably best uh, get on there and have a look. Uh, she'll, like she said, she'll answer some questions uh, if she's got the time. So, have a look at it. Uh, the lady is incredibly flexible, incredibly strong, uh, but you'll get some great techniques there as well. And I, yeah, there's some amazing stuff there as well. Where else can people like follow your results and everything else, Rebecca? So, because I know that there'll be lots of people going. Where can I check out this lady when the next time she's competing? Where's the best place for them to go? Probably your Insta or not? Yeah, Instagram would be. It's it's the one that I've. I post to the yeah, most. Yeah. yeah, all good. No worries. And uh, get ready to see lots of gold and lots of heavy metal because that's <laughs> generally the way it is with Rebecca as well. So thank you very much for your time because I know how busy you are. Uh, it's been an absolute honour and privilege to have you on the cappuccino. And if you guys have got any questions that you'd like me to forward through to Rebecca, please just let me know and I'll forward them through and at some stage we'll get you an answer. All right. Uh, so without further ado, Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you.